listening to Flight of Fantasy, a uh, fantasy football podcast hosted by myself and usually Austin Machado. Oh, you heard that right. You heard that right. Usually. Well, it's pretty obvious I am all alone right now. Uh, In fact, there are a number of reasons why you might suspect I am all alone. If you were listening to the podcast over the last couple weeks, there was a building trend. Uh, What was that trend? Me doing good. Austin doing bad. And, uh, well, I think it got to his head. I I think it worried him. Um, Austin is not present tonight. No, the truth is, is he came down with, uh, an illness that they call, um, a work, work. Uh, he got sent two hours south of here for some job thing. And, uh, frankly, he wouldn't have been here for another hour and a half. It, 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 I don't got time for that. I'll hold it down on my own. Austin, I don't know. Good luck. I, may, maybe this will help break your curse that you think you've got. Uh, you know, I guess I guess with that, I'll just kind of roll into things here. It's the evening of Wednesday, November 10th. So uh, waivers have run in most leagues out there. In our league, this trend, in case you hadn't listened the last couple of weeks, effectively... Austin and I, since this podcast started, had sort of had a Freaky Friday moment. He had been super hot. I think he was 4-1. and one. Um, He is now... No, he had to have been 4-2 and because he's now 4-5, and five, I believe. Um, just straight up worst losing streak I've ever seen. Uh, I, on the other hand, barely squeaked out a win this last week to continue my winning streak. So basically... As long as this podcast has existed, I am undefeated um, for this season, granted. But uh, that that not being in the entirety of the reason that Austin's not with us this evening, um, it still makes for a laugh. I I don't know. I don't know. Other things going on around the league as of Wednesday, as of recording, uh, there is still an OBJ sweepstakes. I'm actually referring to it as a weepstakes because, let's be perfectly honest, I don't know a team out there that's really going to benefit from adding OBJ in his current state. OBJ of the Giants? Sure. If he's somewhere trapped inside? Sure. If if that exists, but unfortunately, it feels like OBJ's turning a little bit more into Antonio Brown, where he starts to float back and forth between a bunch of different teams and then be semi-relevant for one team as he chases a ring. So uh, last that was reported, the Pats, the Packers, the Saints are the current top flight, um, though Russell Wilson supposedly told the brass of the Seahawks to go pursue OBJ. Why? I don't know. Um, I'm not a Hawks fan, obviously. I, I, I have no idea if there's really this deep desire to add a third wide receiver. But um, watch out for what will happen in terms of uh, the wide receiver 
shift in fantasy should those players uh, should OBJ enter any of those given uh, wide receiver rooms. The best place would obviously be the Saints, considering there's basically fuck all for wide receiver talent there. Um, relevant fantasy football wide receiver talent, I will clarify for anybody who might happen to be a Saints fan listening. Uh, but we'll move on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is now potentially facing some penalties for lying about his vaccination status. Uh, I'm a bit confused here. I thought he misled the public. Sounds like he might have literally misled his locker room. Um, we will see what's happening with that into a, uh, potentially, well, with Austin not here, it's not a potentially landmine-y topic, but, uh, Mac Jones is also looking at having some fines levied. I haven't heard if that verdict has been handed down or not. Of course, uh, Mac Jones, in what can only be described as the most unaware play ever should it be entirely accidental in its nature um was on the ground after a strip sack supposedly disoriented likely wasn't thinking straight sure um grabbed the ankle of the gentleman who had sacked him and wrapped a foot through the through the legs of of the uh the db and um sort of turned the leg at the ankle point to try and trip him to the ground. This was contentious in our uh, our league group chat this week where I effectively said, hey, there's no defending this, and if you try, you're going to lose points in the coming matchup. Uh, I'm standing by that, Austin and Jace. Uh, But we will see what the league thinks. Personally, sure. Could you call this a simple mistake by a rookie? Sure. But a guy standing over you and all you have is his ankle. I don't know anyone in the league who is trained to think, yeah, let me go ahead and twist this. Regardless of what the effect was of how injured the player ends up, it's the intent. Like, I don't see anybody going for that much effort in that and not making it an intent to harm. I'm willing to hear all sides, but it... It seems rather indefensible. I, I I don't know. I try to put myself in the shoes of somebody who would like actually give a shit about Mac Jones, um, which I guess would be only Patriots and Alabama fans. But as a as a Niner fan, if I saw Nick Bosa alligator roll somebody's leg, I'd tell him to get the fuck out of the league. I just too many injuries happen in this league on their own. No reason to go ahead and go. Uh, instigating additional injury if that is in fact what it turns out to have been but i digress that was well that was basically a rehashing of our group chat uh last this one was kind of odd um dalvin cook has some off the field legal proceedings he's going to be handling he was the victim of what everyone's calling domestic violence but uh frankly sounds more like breaking and entering and um like aggravated assault Somebody, uh, I guess one of his exes, got in through a stolen garage door opener. <laughs> um, I'm only laughing because that I've heard of like stealing keys, but garage door openers I didn't imagine were that secure to begin with. And assaulted him, and it, I don't recall if it said a partner, but at least somebody else in the building. So likely not going to affect anything on the field except mindset 
psychology. Uh, these a lot of people are are going to speculate to that. Most of these players are professionals. I'm not going to worry too much about it. Um, but I suppose that is kind of all of our non-injury updates. Um, we uh, we're going to go ahead and look at how our games broke down this last week, and specifically, I'm going to point out something and. There's nobody here for me to argue with on Turbulence, so I'm going to put it out there to anybody listening. Uh, our Turbulence topic is actually, it's it's right here, because the first matchup of the week was myself versus my lovely wife. This is my wife. <laughs> this is my other wife. Uh, and of course, John's wife, who is the co-owner. Uh I uh, I squeaked away with a seventy four to sixty nine win because well Chase Edmonds got hurt uh, the the dog moms could have very easily pulled away a very easy win uh, I even went so far and this is the topic I'd like to have debated in courthouses around the country and world um, I would like to be known as the starting gun I pulled my defense. I had the Steelers defense on Monday night, and I pulled them because it was only a five-point game that I had as a buffer to win. Um, and in retrospect, I would have been fine. Pittsburgh defense in our league accrued four points, which is enough. Um, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if Justin Fields is starting to learn what he's doing, if he's starting to ascend, I do not want to be on the receiving end of that and end up losing because I assumed otherwise. Um, so I, I've I've heard on a lot of other podcasts, people think that it's dirty. You can't, whatever you do, don't remove a defense. Don't remove a running back if you're afraid they're going to get minus two, which I think... Stat corrections could easily make the difference of two or so points, but I don't know. It it do you consider it playing unfair to not foster a full roster to not have a full team? Is that going to affect? Like I to me, it's like whatever. That's a strategy that is allowed to me. There is nothing that locks in my lineup at the beginning of play on Thursday night. So I'm allowed to do what I want until then. Uh, if anything, you could consider it giving the other person an advantage because that's one less player playing. Um, of course, I'm also speaking to somebody who just won because I did it. So fight me. But um, I just I just don't see... I personally don't see how there's an argument to the opposite effect. It's not sporting. Like, okay, I won. Like, I don't, I don't know sporting to be as good as I can be which required me to have no chance of losing right I don't know I, like I said this is probably going to be a point of argument in fact I, I'm fairly certain everyone in my league uh, didn't even notice that I removed my defense so perhaps it's not even that big a deal but to move on to move on I digress uh, Michael Weatherhead he uh, he went head to head with your own personal Jesus. Uh, 
Yaron's been on a bit of a slide. That was his, He ended up losing this matchup, and it was his fourth loss in a row by not a not a small margin. Uh, Michael pulled ahead 116-84. to 84. It's really been Patrick Mahomes who's been dragging Yaron down. You know, you would normally expect 20-plus from, uh, from Mahomes any given week. Not the case. Of course, Devontae Adams without... Uh, Without Rodgers wasn't relevant. Julio Jones continues to be a question mark. So his whole team really didn't put much together. Um, the next matchup was Mr. Chili Dog, John. Sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili. And he played uh, our our resident Frenchman. <laughs> And that took John to his eighth win in a row. Uh, not a high-scoring game altogether, but Christian's team folded. Didn't even pass the 70 mark. Uh, John only hit 90. Playing Joe Burrow only got him seven points. But it really came down to uh, the running back crew of Aaron Jones and uh, and Mike Davis netted sub-10 points for Christian. So... That's uh, that's how you easily win games. How to how to or excuse me lose games. How to lose games and influence nobody um, is exactly what Christian did, despite a stellar thirty point Lamar Jackson performance. Uh, of course, as I've already alluded to, Austin lost to uh, well he lost to Daniel, my brother. That could have been close but Najee Harris uh brought Daniel above and beyond uh Austin's point total um they went into Monday night where Daniel was behind by six points and of course Najee scored 15 so that wasn't even a problem um altogether the the reality is Austin has not been able to lean on Kyler Murray in the same way that he was hot in the beginning of the season. And uh, while there's some key injuries there that are slowing Austin down, I don't actually think it's a a curse. At least, I'm hoping it's a blessing. I don't want to really see the curse continue. Um, Although seeing anyone else lose when I'm in a position where my team is so bad I have to I have to win out to make it to the playoffs. Everybody should lose. Everybody should lose to me. Um, speaking of losing, our our good friend and now Austinian living in Austin, Texas. My cap is in Paris and they going gorillas. Huh? I don't even know what that means. Uh, that would mean Paris, of course. He only scored 77 and ended up losing to our good old-fashioned... Country boy. So Jace walloped him with 115. Paris only had 77. Um, he had Josh Allen, who had a horrible game. Uh, CD Lamb was not relevant because, of course, Dallas had a horrible game. Just in general, um, when you're going up against 30 points from Herbert and nearly 30 from Chubb, you're probably going to lose. So that's about all you can ask for is to have a team that Gives you 30 points in two different positions, which is just filthy. Um, I don't think a single player on... No, I can't say that. It, I have not had multiple players in a single week get 30 points for me. I've, I've, 
been fortunate to get maybe 20s. Um, hence why I am 4 and 5. And I guess every couple of weeks it wouldn't be bad, would it, to run down our current standings. Um, if we look, instead of at standings at playoff bracket, I think it'll be a little clearer. We have a 16 playoff in our league, and currently in first, of course, 8-1 and one on an 8-game win streak is John. Second is Daniel, my brother. Uh, he's 6-3. and three. But then you've got uh, Michael with another 6-3 and three showing. He's in third, I believe, uh, because of a head-to-head matchup that he lost to Daniel. And then it just kind of falls apart. You got Jace somehow 4-5 and five in fourth place. Austin, 4-5 and five in fifth place. And then the two wives, the dog moms, 4-5 and five in sixth place. And then my fucking ass in seventh place... Also four and five, but with the fewest amount of points scored on the season. So, um, not great. Not great that we have a four-way tie for fourth place. And, I mean, we all just suck. This is one of those, like, how did the LA Dodgers get drummed out of the playoffs kind of thing should John lose in the playoffs, which I guess would only be appropriate seeing as he's He's from L.A., but also, I don't know, like, sorry, John. Uh, eighth is Yaron on his four-game slide, like I was saying, um, and then followed up behind by Paris and the one from Paris, Christian, uh, in ninth and tenth. Um, all three of them are three and six. So that's just a quick little update on how just how bad they've been uh and by they i mean everyone except john and maybe michael and daniel but i digress i've been saying that a lot this week it's very weird to be back as solo after having um somebody as bombastic as austin around all the time i can just lean on him saying something dumb or fun and then i can just be quiet for a few seconds and actually collect my thoughts but uh I guess, you know, there's nothing nothing left to do but keep moving forward. Um, so this week, we're going to bring back that first class segment. I still don't have drops. We still don't have drops. First class is, of course, the players that we are picking as weak winners. They may be obvious. They may not be obvious. They may be people that we're picking that are kind of counter-convention amongst the rest of the fantasy football community. And I'll, of course, start with Austin's picks. He was able to share these with me. Uh, before he decided he was not going to be able to make the traffic, uh, traffic-filled drive up to see us on this fine podcasting evening, right off the bat he hits us with James Conner as a weak winner. Um, of course, James Conner was the beneficiary of a crap ton of work when Chase Edmonds went down. That's going to continue. They have one other running back in that backfield who got a little bit of work at the very end of the game, but they're they're handing the rock to James Conner. Um, it's, it's an offense that is going to utilize him, particularly as they work through injuries, both to Kyler, who I'm assuming is going to be healthy enough to be playing next week, and, uh, and to... Uh, wow, why am I blanking on his name? Uh... Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, of course. Woof. This is why I need my co-host. Um, 
he uh, he brings us around next to Amari Cooper. Um, this is a situation where Amari could very well be a bit of the last man standing. Um, Gallup is still coming back off IR. Uh, CD Lamb appears to be kind of shaking something off as well. Um, Amari Cooper just seems to be solid. That offense will also be bouncing back. What you saw with Dallas this last week, I don't think is going to be emblematic of the type of performances they're going to be putting forward going into the next several matchups. But uh, he likes Amari Cooper. He thinks he can win you this week. And lastly, at tight end, he is picking Dan Arnold, who, if you don't know, is the tight end for Jacksonville. Um, I don't know what he is seeing here. He, uh, his exact quote is, Arnold is a catching machine. I'm just going to let that one hang out there in the, in the atmosphere. Dan Arnold is a catching machine. So, um, no, I, the reality is, is that they're not an offense that's really throwing successfully to any one player. And in a, in a position where the tight end is pretty much tight end dependent, or excuse me, touchdown dependent any given week anyway, why not a guy who is on an offense that outside of running back is supremely under talented? You have that shot, um, especially if he is a catching machine. Austin, I hope you think I'm doing you proud. Um, I'll move it straight into my first class players. Uh, I'm going to start off with Daryl Henderson. Um, you might have heard us just talk about James Conner and how he absolutely trounced my fucking 49ers as a backup running back with a team that had no quarterback or wide receiver one. Um, yeah. Now pretend that you have all those things and a running back who is, let's call it as talented as James Conner, maybe a little more. They're facing the 49ers this week and Daryl Henderson's going to get work because if they can't make it work through the air, which they also will, um, he's still going to get yardage. And even if they make it through, make it work through the air and they don't need him for yardage, he's going to be goal line. So I don't see a world where he walks away with sub-15 points this week. And that makes me sad because that means the 49ers are going to get scored on. So, But hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is 4-0 against the Rams in his career. Kill me now. Uh, my wide receiver pick is Mike Evans. Um, if Amari Cooper is kind of the last man standing because of Gallup's injury and whatever the heck happened to C.D. Lamb this last week with, I don't know, just not even being seen. Um, well, I'll put it this way. Oh, I actually realize now I have skipped Blacklist, which is our injuries segment. So, um, spoiler alert, Mike Evans is the only person in the wide receiver room in Tampa Bay right now because Chris Godwin appears to be uh, missing practices with a, a bit of an injury. Perhaps he's being downgraded a little bit. And be, I mean, a player like Godwin, you probably want to put on a snap count in games that you don't really need him to win. Um, so this is going to be a big Mike Evans week. He will win you your matchup. Um, bet on it. Or maybe don't bet on it. I don't want you to lose money on my account because We've been uh, not exactly super good on our consistency. We only get it about 66% of the time. 
Anyway, skipping over that, um, my tight end pick is Mark Andrews. Even though Minnesota has ranked out as about middle of the pack when it uh, when it comes to tight end defense, um, I just I think that this is a week that you're going to see them sort of eliminate Hollywood Brown. Um, you know, Lamar can of course run, but who else is going to be running there? Lev Bell? Devontae Freeman? It's not going to be a ground and pound game, so they're going to need to air it out. And you put Mark Andrews across the middle, he's going to get yards and then some. Uh, not to mention that he is a a red zone target for Lamar. So I expect good things and many points from Mark Andrews this week. Uh, I guess to sort of backtrack quickly uh, to our blacklist, our no-fly list, uh i'll run through these super quick and austin since you're not here you have no comments to add which will make this even faster logan thomas is still to be determined on his return from ir Um, i believe his practice window is opening either this week or next those are usually three weeks if i understand correctly but um not clear if he's ready to go uh, like I said, Chris Godwin has a foot injury. He is questionable for Sunday. Um, I believe Bruce Arians said uh, it was doubtful or it was like unknown. It was some, it was very like out there. It wasn't, he didn't use the typical language. Um, Chris Carson running back in Seattle. Looks like he may be returning to practice. Might come back to a limited role this weekend. Uh, Russell Wilson, however, is posting pictures of Lambeau Field. Um, I think they're lined up to face the Packers this week. So he either really likes Lambeau or he's planning on playing. Um, For the sake of one of my leagues, I'm hoping he's playing because I have the uh, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson stack. Uh, AB is still not practicing there in... uh, in Tampa Bay, part of the reason for my Mike Evans love. Um, out of his walking boot, but not practicing. Uh, of course, I've already referred to him, but Chase Edmonds is out. Uh, it's a high ankle sprain. It's apparently going to be a couple weeks. And Nick Chubb, along with, uh, I think, the third or fourth string running back in Cleveland, have both been uh, caught out with a positive COVID test. Now, they're both vaccinated, so all they need to do is hit two of those uh, negative tests in order to play on Sunday. Since it is Wednesday, there are plenty of opportunities for that. But I would be... I'd be leery. I'd be watching very closely, because that could go horribly wrong. And next thing you know, uh, you should be playing Kareem Hunt or... um, Oh, fuck. I'm not going to remember his name. He always has only one game a year that's relevant, though. So maybe that, if these trends continue. Uh, we're going to slip right into the jet streamers. Ooh, yeah, that was smooth. All right. Uh, this week, we're looking at some jet streamers to help you get over injuries, to get over... I think we only have uh, a, a very small number of bi-week teams this week uh again i'm doing this on the fly with actually a computer that won't load web pages for whatever fucking reason um yes we have the new york giants on by we have 
Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. Maybe I shouldn't try to read this off at the same time. Uh, we have many, many people on by. It's usually... Yeah, Cincinnati, Houston. Let me see if I can find the fourth. Chicago. So, Chicago, Cincinnati, Houston, and New York. If you have any of those players, I'd obviously, uh, well, you know, take them out of your starting lineup, your own. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know what? You're going to need some fill-ins. So, I, again, had Austin send me his, and we'll just kind of go back and forth here. At the quarterback position, Austin suggested Carson Wentz. Uh, Wentz, of course, has been... Consistent's the wrong word, but uh, they'll be facing Jacksonville, so uh, unless he pulls a Josh Allen, he should have a pretty good game. Um, I think Jacksonville has played their one trap card for the year, so I would assume everything is business as usual there. Um, For myself, at quarterback, I say go for it and roll with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, You have permission to puke. Go ahead, I'll wait. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's gross. Teddy Bridgewater does not leave a good taste in your mouth, but they are facing the Eagles. And of course, when you are when you are kind of stocked on wide receiver talent, uh which sure Tim Patrick is maybe not like the flashiest of pieces, but you have Tim Patrick there. Uh you've got uh you've got Noah Fant that looks like he might be coming back off of his injury. Um I just I would He's averaging 16 points throughout the year, but he just helped beat up on Dallas to the tune of 21 points. So if you if you're missing supreme quarterback talent like you know Justin Fields that you've been starting, can't see my eyes roll. Um, he's a great fill-in. He really is. Or for uh, uh, you don't want to start Russell Wilson because for whatever reason you're worried about that. Play Teddy B. I mean, again, throw up. I keep throwing up in my mouth every time I say it, but serviceable, I think is the word I'd like to use. Moving on in the running back position, our jet streamer, or Austin's jet streamer to be more specific, is Javante Williams. Uh, He has been slowly picking up a lot more of the work from Melvin Gordon, and he is very talented. It's, um, you never wish an injury upon any player, but it's one of those situations where you know if Melvin Gordon went down that Javante Williams would be top tier. Very talented. Um, I read a, uh, a pretty stupid argument on the internet, as they usually are, where somebody was saying that they they were comparing Najee Harris and Javante Williams in, I guess, a dynasty context. And um, somebody kept saying they prefer Najee, even though... Even though that... Pittsburgh Steelers do tend to like run their bell cows into the ground. Uh, and there's that uncertainty of who the heck's even going to be at the quarterback position for Pittsburgh. Uh, Javante Williams is proving that he is valuable, even without a, a valuable quarterback. So um, he's going to have a great t- a great week this week. Uh, if you're willing to start Teddy Bridgewater against the Eagles, then I don't see why you can't have a great flex position uh, fill in with Javante Williams. He'll probably get you more points than Saquon's been getting you. So there's that. Uh, for my own tastes, uh, I've actually, oh, 
It turns out that uh, I picked, in in the same way that uh, Austin picked the running back for my quarterback, I've picked the running back for his, um, or one of them. Naeem Hines, I think, would be an excellent waiver pickup for anybody that needs to fill a flex position this week because he's always been a pass-catching receiver. They're facing Jacksonville. Points are likely a plenty, and if Indianapolis ends up kind of exploding, I don't expect them to be a team that wants to eat away the clock. Uh, I'll I'll correct that. Every team wants to eat away, eat away the clock. I guess what I'm saying is Naeem Hines is not factored out just because it's a rundown situation. Um, they want to pull Jonathan Taylor early so that he is fresh-legged for an actual matchup they need him in. Guess who's coming in? Yeah, Hines. So there you go. Not to mention the fact that if you have Hines on your bench after you play him this week and something did happen to Taylor, I mean, built-in workload right there. Uh, lastly, we have uh, Austin double dipping with, with his man Dan Arnold, a man with two first names. Um, let me go back to those notes. There was something very important here that Austin wanted me to say. I want to make sure I get it correctly verbatim. Arnold is a catching machine. Powerful stuff. Uh, I have nothing else to add. I've talked about him once already. Um, if you think he's going to win you the week, then shit, he'll probably also be a good streamer. Uh, for my part, my pass catcher is actually Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, you have just gotten rid of a toxic parasite in Cleveland, and you have a team that is energized and, and trying to prove, like, hey, maybe we didn't need him in the first place. Guess what? They're throwing it. Nick Chubb injured? Guess what? Or not injured. Nick Chubb out with COVID restriction? They're going to throw it. And Peoples-Jones has started to prove that alongside Landry, he's trusted in that offense. So do it. Uh, I ain't going to stop you. Uh, and last but not least this week, um, we're going to step into our Meltdown segment presented by Beecher's Handmade Cheese. Once again, if you have ever woken up on a Sunday and realized, ah, shit, I have no idea what I'm going to cook while I watch the games today. Guess what? You ain't even got to cook. Beecher's Handmade Cheese is showing up in freezer aisles all over the states. And guess what? You can pop that thing in the oven at 375. It's like 35 minutes. And it comes out perfect. Better than my mom's mac and cheese, which she doesn't listen. I mean, only like 11 of you listen anyway, so why would she listen? Uh, but just in case, hi mom, I don't mean it personally. It's just, Beecher's is fucking good. Anyway, they're mac and cheese, they got lasagna, they got the shit you want. Um, go and just give it a try and enjoy not having to cook yourself something as you sit for 11 and a half hours watching football. Um, these meltdowns this week, well, they, mm -hmm, they weren't great. Um, this week seemed like one of those weeks where, uh, the NFL inverted on a lot of games, but also a lot of players just 
went absolutely like empty of value devoid uh i am only selecting the absolute worst of the worst here but bear in mind that like the average points scored for people that you would consider a stud was like seven seven not great really not great um and i'm also omitting injuries here so even though chase edmonds got you point three and he definitely melted down he was injured which is a totally different situation so first and foremost probably the worst based on how much hype he'd been receiving Kadarius tony i had him i played him uh the first two plays from scrimmage that he received or were he touched the ball in he was at negative point two because for some reason they were running him on some i assume what was a jet sweep and he just ended up behind the line of scrimmage every time which was like why new york is not an offense that pulls that shit so why um not yeah not great he ended at like 1.2 points um i also played zach Ertz this week who yeah hi did you hear me talk about james connor uh zach Ertz wasn't needed why do you need to throw the ball when you have james connor taking it out of the backfield for 170 yards wasn't even needed uh he will be bouncing back i think Ertz has a lot of value as soon as kyler murray's back but melted down this week uh tyler boyd i mean cincinnati got stifled in general but the few points that were there did not go to tyler boyd he ended up with i believe sub four might have been right around four points this week Cortland sutton also got you right around four points for a team that actually kind of did their job like handled business against dallas um sutton got left out and then lastly, the last meltdown that I'm going to recognize here, uh, Boston Scott, after showing you what he could do, in fact, even drawing our uh, recognition last week, Boston Scott did, he had like 3.5 or 4.4 points this week. I mean, like, depending on your point format, of course, but yeah, that wasn't great. You don't, you get a guy like that, you pick him up off waiver, and you're thinking to yourself that you've got a great fill-in, and then they fucking pull out Jordan Howard, you know, 2016 player extraordinaire, like, what? Why? Why? So, uh, you know, it's what it is. Maybe it's because his name is Boston, and they live in Philadelphia. I don't know. I don't understand East Coast stuff, so maybe somebody here can help me out. Actually, that's what Austin would have been for. Austin from Boston. But, you know, that kind of wraps it up. Like I said, I could argue with myself here, and I often do, but uh, I'm not just going to drop into turbulence for any random reason. I've given you something to argue about. Tell me, am I, a, am I an asshole? Am I selfish? Am I disrespecting the game by removing my Steelers defense before Monday Night Football to guarantee a win? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I am, but I'll let all of you tell me whether I am or not. And I will be laughing all the way to the four-way tie for fifth place in my league with that squeaky little win. Uh, otherwise, this is going to be a shorter podcast with, uh, with no Austin to, to chat me up and I'll be, uh, I'll be dragging him back into the studio next week for all y'all, for, for all of your entertainment, and probably mine too. Until then, best of luck in your matchups, and, well, have a good week.